Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KPNW, the Friday, September 25th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show has temporarily moved virtually. You can also listen to us on podcast or on air on 1150 AM KPNW at 3 p.m. on Saturday with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. However, we are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show, answer any questions that you may have. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show we're going to have a panel conversation with both of our guests, Susan Ward of Real Living Northwest Rural Tours and TB Botican of A1 Senior Care Advisors. We'll also have a conversation with Susan on renting versus buying, followed by our conversation with TB on care options for seniors. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And we'll start up today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. What do you have for our listeners today, Keelan? Uh, I, we've alluded to this a little bit before, but I wanted to talk about the adverse market refinance fee today. We've kind of, you know, spread this out amongst different segments and such and kind of touched on it. Um, but I want to, I want to kind of hit it hard today because it's getting real. It's not far away and it can really affect our listeners money. So, um, the federal housing finance agency announced a fee on all refinance transactions that are sold to Fannie and Freddie, which make up approximately two thirds of all loans out there. The reality is if you bought a home, like a traditional means of a home, chances are you probably have a Fannie or Freddie Mac loan. Um, and this fee is going to be assessed regardless of the mortgage company you use. So it's not like you can go to one different institution and you can avoid it. This fee directly from Fannie is across the board. It's going to blanket the industry and it's not too far away. So the fee is 50 basis points or 0.5%. That'll be added to all refinance trans- transactions. I read something that um, they think the fee is going to average about $1,400 per transaction. So in these huge transactions, it's not huge, but it's definitely a chunk of change. Money is money. So it was supposed to start on September 1st and now they have uh, postponed it till December. So this is exciting. Um, but the reality is most companies are 60 to 90 days out on refinances. So 
Uh, I'm not going to name names too, but there's some banks out there. So I've heard lately we deal with a lot of different companies that compete and so on and so forth. 120 days out on a refinance. So um, what that typically means is that they have to start assessing this fee sooner than later. So um, with our company, we're currently locking our refinances for 50 days and closing them more like in 40. I'm just going to say that's an average. We can close them quicker, um, you know, or later, depending on the on the situation. But we do 50 days because the worst thing that can happen is for your lock to expire when you've captured a good rate. So like I said, right now, the fee is being assessed as we speak by mortgage companies. Um, we are not, but um, I can tell you I've seen some traumatic differences in pricing um, from other companies and banks. Sometimes we get into situations with refinances where people already have a proposal in front of us and then they hand it to us and we check it out. And I could see some crazy differences in our pricing compared to theirs. Um, and I know our pricing is really, really good. As a local lender, um, I typically don't lose out on price to anybody. Uh, but this is a huge difference that I've seen. So it makes me wonder if people are actually already assessing this um, and the reason that they're doing this is to compensate for all the forbearance that has taken place during COVID. So they're trying to fill the coffers again after all this forbearance has happened. Forbearance was allowed, um, where it was allowing for a pause of payments on mortgage for 180 days, and then you could file for another extension for another 180 days. But forbearance came at a cost to the federal government, and so they're looking to recoup some of that cost via the, the fi uh, refinance market. But that's all not bad news. And the reality is 0.5% is nothing crazy in the size of these transactions. And interest rates currently are at historically low levels. I mean, if we were talking like not even that long ago, a few years ago, we'd be talking about a 5% interest rate without even batting an eye. So historically, interest rates are super low right now. And um, or not, it makes a whole lot of sense for you to refinance considering how money is cheap right now in, uh, in most cases. And, and there's a lot of things that you can do with that. I mean, you can consolidate your debt um, and save yourself a fortune that way. You can get a lower interest rate over time by reducing your payments, which allows you to pay your mortgage off quicker. So um, a lot of people are making the good, smart choice for them and their family at this point to go ahead and, and take care of it. Because the reality is we're thinking at this point, and it's kind of rewarding as a mortgage expert to send these, I feel like I'm sending the mortgages home because like these people are set for life that we're refinancing. And the amount of money I've already saved a bunch of my clients is absolutely shocking to me. And I love it when I save my, my clients money. So um, call to action, we've kind of, wow, my voice is cracking, did you hear that? Uh, we've kind of alluded to it before, but go out and refinance if you haven't done it. If there's a benefit for you, you think it might make sense for you, call myself, call Tina, and just get the data and look at it because I've had so many people that are just super surprised when they actually get the data and the figures of how much money they can save, even when they think the rate is good. You know, So it's, it's been a lot of fun, this whole little COVID thing and saving people money, and I suggest you go out and try to do the same for you and your family. Great money chat, great call to action. And yeah, that 50 basis points uh, add, it equals about an eighth of a percent different in interest rate. And uh, Keely mentioned the forbearance, forbearance costing the bank. The forbearance is costing you as a consumer as well, because you can't refinance and take advantage of these rates until you get out and you have three months of mortgage payment. So uh, great share there, Keelan. 
Uh, more strong housing news. The new home sales, which measures signed contracts on new homes, were up 4.8% in August, which was much stronger than the small decline expected. Sales are now on peace above 1 million for the year and are now up 43% year over year. The medium new home price decreased 3% year over year to 312800 However, this is not home values and does not mean home prices went down. It means that half the homes sold above the below that or above or below that figure, meaning that more lowered priced homes sold, which makes sense. Now, builders have been trying to put up more affordable homes for the first time home buyers. There were only 282,000 homes for sale and the end of August showing that inventory remains very tight. Imagine how strong this report would be if there were more homes to be on sale to meet the demand. Now, ATTOM came out with another report today, which always uh, had always good to watch out for because they have had a negative screw on housing for years and attempt to get eyeballs. In this report, they said that there is an, an affordability crisis. They cited that the existing, the existing home sales reported were received and how media home prices in this report were up 11.4%. Again, that doesn't mean home prices rose that much, just that more houses, higher priced homes sold. Looking at the real appreciation report, Home values rose 6.5% in the FHFA housing price index. However, that doesn't include all homes, only those with conforming loan amounts. Now, the Case Shiller report last showed 5% appreciation. Even with all of the strong housing data that we have been seeing, there are still naysayers out there. Uh, there was an article calling it the another housing bubble just this week within the article that they cited cities, the certain cities that were cited, they are choosing the weakest segment of the market as people are living in cities for more room or they're leaving the cities for more room and it doesn't include the forbearances. Now we know on the forbearance side period, it can be tacked onto the mortgage, those payments, they're allowed to tack onto the back of mortgage. So that's new news that they've confirmed that we know that that can be done. Uh, so this should not be too much of a burden. Now, also, homeowners have a ton of equity in their homes. CoreLogic released their home ownership equity report showing homeowners with mortgages, uh, which makes up roughly about 63% of all properties, saw their equity increase by 6.6% this year over year. Now, homeowners gained approximately $9,800 in equity during the past year for the national average. Washington's average was $20,000. Homeowners with negative equity decreased through 3.8% of mortgages properties last year to 3.2% in August. Lenders repossessed only 2,035 homes nationwide 10 years ago. That figure was 102,134. And while that's Strong, the ATTOM articles claim that wages are not keeping pace with appreciation. However, wages are going down. Wages are going up 5.3% according to the latest job report. And more importantly, wages and appreciation don't have to be equal to remain for homes to be affordable. You don't spend 100% of your income on your mortgage. There's a relationship there typically between 25 and 30%. Uh, that would be meant to put aside for your current um, uh, mortgage for your wages. And theoretically, this supports 15% gains, which we are seeing 5%. So don't be fooled by some of the media, not the media here, 
uh, other media platforms. Now, initial job claims were also released. There were 870,000 individuals who filed for unemployment benefits for the first time this week, which is still a staggering number. Those continuing to receive benefits after their initial claim is at 12.6 million. In addition, so the regular unemployment benefit claims, there are 11.5 million receiving pandemic unemployment assistance claims. However, this improved by 3 million. The total number of individuals receiving some type of unemployment benefits is 26 million, also improved significantly by 3.7 million. Now, overall, the report showed some improvement and people are going back to work. However, 26 million people still receiving benefits is very high and there is a long way to go. That's your Money Chat for today. Coming up next on The Money Hour, a panel conversation with Susan Ward, a real living Northwest Wolfers and TV Burkian of A1 Senior Care Advisors right here at 1150 AM KKNW. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, September 25th virtual show because of COVID-19. Our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can also listen to our show on podcast or air on, on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show for our panel conversation, very excited. Love it when we get to uh, have a conversation with our guests together. We have Susan Ward of Real Living Northwest Realtors and TB Bodekan of A1 Senior Care Advisors right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Let's start out with uh, let's start out with you, Susan. Um, I love this question for everybody because um, it's interesting. We get it's and it's kind of progressing as this whole COVID things happen. Um, but I'm curious, how has this current environment with COVID affected your business for, and maybe how has it progressed uh, for you? Well, it's. It's actually, you know, when it first happened, I was a little bit worried. I mean, they shut down all showings of houses. It was pretty stressful for a couple of weeks. It's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to help our clients get into new homes? There's so many people moving from out of state, and it's just like, this is terrible. But then they opened it up, and uh, honestly, with open houses not being allowed, in Snohomish and King County right now, still, um, really what's been happening is because I do have such a large online presence, my business has ballooned. Um, People are calling me directly to look at homes, whereas, you know, when open houses were around, people were just going in and out of open houses. So this, this environment has really helped build my business um, through this whole process, I'm 
was really surprised it would actually go this route. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that. And that, you know, I've heard similar news for a lot of people, especially those that have transitioned to technology and embrace these changes. Yeah. Uh, it's pushed their businesses to a new level. So that's been really exciting. Yeah. What about you, uh, TB? You, uh, how is it affecting your business in this in this current market that we're in? Well, it has been at least interesting because, you know, I work with the most vulnerable population, which is elderly, and it is so unfortunate uh, the COVID-19 pandemic changed what we love the most, and that is meeting people, spending time with their families and their loved ones uh, in need of care. Uh, we drive together uh, to uh, visit uh, senior care facilities, ultimately having that one-on-one -on -one interaction that we value so much. So our business model of uh, holding your hand through the process has changed a bit, uh, but we still maintain the quality of our services at the highest level. Uh, we're just doing things a little bit differently. And although many counties in the state of Washington are opening, transitioning to uh, phase two and three, restrictions remain in place um, regarding senior care facilities. Yeah, my uh, mother-in-law, my husband's uh, mom is in, in senior care. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's really sad that, you know, even um, still now, I mean, it's totally, it's, it's different. And, you know, there's not going in and the hugs and all of the stuff, especially that our seniors uh, need in this, in this time. So, TB, what about um, what your what changes are happening right now because of COVID and how you've had to change your business that you might see bringing that and using that into business moving forward? So we've talked about what's the new norm going to be. So what do you see that you're you're going to take away from this that is is going to change your business forever the way you do it? Yes, you know, what I already mentioned is that what has really changed for us is that one-on-one -on -one interaction and meeting the, the elderly and their families in person. So what is the new norm is technology, like probably for most of the businesses out there. We do a lot of uh, virtual meetings, a lot of uh, phone conferences, um, basically using the technology. Um, what um, has changed for the care facilities, basically this quarantine, I would say, has uh, isolated the senior population. Uh, visitations are not allowed from family members. They can see each other through a window. Uh, they can uh, have a, a FaceTime. They can have a, con um, a phone conversation. But what is missing is the hugs that you mentioned, you know, hanging, hugging a grandchild, a daughter, a son, someone that is important to you. Um, and I can tell you that has impacted greatly the senior population from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I could only, you know, imagine, I mean, I know how I've been, you know, impacted in just the adjustment that I've had to make, but it's, it's my choice in what I do and where I go and, and who I visit or I don't visit. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's definitely challenging time, even more so for seniors. So Susan, I love how you had mentioned 
uh, when Keelan asked this question and because I've, I've never heard that and it makes total sense that I've never thought about the fact there is no open home to open houses. So they have to actually come to you to get the information. It's kind of like back in the day when, you know, there was a big book when I first got into the mortgage industry 25 years ago, there's this big binder that agents had and nobody could have access to that binder unless you were a licensed real estate agent. And you couldn't find out what homes were on the market unless that binder and then the internet came and agents thought they were going to go out of business because the internet, well, we know that that wasn't true. There's so much more that you need than just having access to the home. Uh, but what are you seeing moving forward, Susan? Something that you have adapted in your business model and the way that you do business that you are actually going to take that into when we get back to what that new norm would be? Yeah, actually, technology. Um, I mean, I'm really good at technology uh, overall, but there's one thing that I've always done, which was I, I was afraid of doing video chats. You know, and I've taken your course where you, you know, you mm -hmm. talked about you guys have to you know, stop fearing the technology, video chat. I was forced to do it. And I'll tell you what, I love my first time buyers meeting with clients. Now we do our first time buyers meeting by Zoom and we do, and, and I just love it. And I think they love it too. I mean, yeah, we're not sitting face to face across a coffee table, but we're, we are face to face. So this is something that I'm definitely going to be carrying on doing the virtual uh, first-time buyers meeting with my clients because I, I do feel that I can I absolutely can get the same information out across through the virtual tour through the virtual um, meeting. So absolutely, it. it's so much more convenient for the buyers and sellers. I always felt special because I've been using virtual meetings for 10 years. If somebody wants to come to my office in Bellevue and meet me face-to-face, -face, they could come into my office. But when I, however, I always gave them the option. If it's more convenient and you yeah. want to meet at nine o'clock at night, we can do a virtual meeting. Well, now I don't feel so special anymore because everybody does it. So, but the good thing about it is nobody's intimidated by virtual. They're like, oh yeah, I want virtual, please. <laughs> totally. TV, let me ask you, I love this question. Um, I found myself included that COVID has forced us to learn new skills. So I'm curious to know, maybe personal, maybe business, what new skills have you gained or been forced to gain because of COVID? We had to adapt uh, to the new life, I would say. And um, um, try to be more available you know I, like right now i'm available seven days a week i work uh, weekdays evenings and weekends um if if one of the families that i work with they need to get a hold of me then i'm trying my best to to be available um getting um, compatible technology where i can use an internet you know boost my internet signal at the office at home with me in the car so i can have video chat so i can have FaceTime and uh, use Zoom and other uh, ways of communication like that. Um, another thing is that, you know, try to learn in a different way, but as good as I did before, learning about someone, a senior that is in need of care, just reading about them in the paperwork versus having that one-on-one -on -one interaction. And uh, learning more about that person from the information that I'm getting from their families, from their doctor, 
from the uh, caretakers if they have any at this time. So to adapt, um, to be more responsive to things, um, I had to grow within that respect from January, I would say, until today, and I'm still growing and I'm still learning. You know, as humans, nature, I mean, human nature, it wants to keep us our normal, right? Whatever that normal is for you. So I love how, you know, and even as Tina talks about tragedy to triumph, like sometimes life forces us to push ourselves and do things that push us out of our comfort zone. And you realize once you, I mean, life's at the edge with your toes hanging right over it. I mean, you realize once that happens to you in your life, great things, incredible things can happen for you. And so I always pursue life with my toes on the edge, no matter what it is. Uh, same question, we're down to one minute, unfortunately, with our panel conversation, Susan, but I'd love to ask you the same question of what new skills you've learned from COVID. Well, uh, I think that my new skill is probably getting better at doing the virtual tours. I think that before COVID hit, uh, I had a lot of out-of-state buyers, but not as many as I have people now who want to do virtual tours. So I've had to really figure out how to do virtual tours without talking as much, because I, I think that I am a talker. And I think that my old virtual tours, maybe I, I didn't give enough pause to allow people to to see the house over my talking. So I've just really um, become an expert at doing virtual tours. And because I'm getting calls from Zillow all the time, I'd like to schedule a virtual tour. So I've been, my team and I have been doing a lot of virtual tours. So that's kind of the skill that I think I have gained and as well as my team, we're, we're getting much better at that. Yeah, you've, I, I know you're personally as a friend as a, and as a business partner, Susan, and yes, uh, to see all of the adapting and so quickly uh, that you've done and hiring a team in the midst of all of this as well. So uh, nice job. All right, coming up next yeah. from the money are rent versus buying. Susan Ward of Real Living Northwest World Tours right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Buying a home in today's competitive market is overwhelming. Having the right agent by your side is essential in getting your dream home. Homes are flying off the market, oftentimes over the asking price. Is your agent a good negotiator? Can they write a contract that stands out? Calling Susan Ward with Real Living Northwest Realtors is your first step to successfully getting into your dream home. Her proven track record and fierce negotiations have landed many home buyers and investors in lucrative positions. Don't bring just any agent to the table. Get Susan with Real Living Northwest Realtors. Call Susan Ward with Real Living Northwest Realtors at 425-999-7721. Follow her on Facebook or Twitter to get up-to-date market information and her newest listings for commercial and residential real estate. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KTNW, the Friday, September 25th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually. 
However, you can listen to us on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. However, we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at com. And in studio right now, we have Susan Ward of Real Living Northwest World Tours. We're going to be having a conversation about renting versus buying right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Susan, very Excited to have you back on the show, and I'm really excited about the topic uh, that we're going to discuss today. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And a little bit about Susan. (laughs) You're very welcome, Susan. A little bit about Susan and taking every measure to help her clients successfully accomplish their lifestyle goals. Susan Ward exhibits genuine care, dedication, and professionalism. As a lifestyle specialist in the greater Eastside real estate market, she constantly provides her clients with outstanding guidance and expertise. Specializing in the marketing and sales of residential, uh, distinctly luxury and investment properties, you may trust in Susan's expertise and accurate assessments in helping a client to find their dream home, sell their special residence, or make strategic investments. Susan is dedicated to providing her clients with a truly impressive real estate experience. Susan, rent versus buying, I love this subject. I mean, even on our side of the business, we get this a lot. I talked about this last week. I talked about the market's supposed to grow 28.6% in the next five years. And if you bought at the median price of $628,000, you'd make $180,000 over the next five years. And then on the back end, there's companies that are telling you still to rent. And Tina alluded to them on her money chat of just kind of uninformed or kind of pushing an agenda type thing. And that's not our agenda here. We want to help people. So what do you tell people that come to you with this whole debate about buying a home versus renting? So, yeah. And, and I just want you all to know that you're probably going to say, yeah, well, you're a real estate agent. So of course, what are you going to say? But, you know, just like my ad, I'm, I always want to put people first. So the answer to this question all day long is if you have the ability to purchase a home and especially in these amazing rates right now, you have to buy, you know, if you've got the money down and you've got the credit, you know, you, it's the best way to go. You cannot get a return on your dollar through the, the stock market that you would with real estate. And I am a total example of the benefits of home ownership. And that's why I decided to choose this subject today because I'm really passionate about this. And I'm very passionate about, as you know, first time home buyers. Susan, you are a dear friend and as well as a very close business partner. And I, I know your story and I would, I would love you to share a little bit about that uh, with our listeners today, if you could. Oh, absolutely. Now, and I, I hope that there's not too much information here. So I never, I'm not good with boundaries sometimes, but you know, I used to be a renter nine years ago. And so, and I got sick and tired of writing that check every month for $1,500 to my landlord 
And then they were wanting to charge me money for my dogs, you know, 150 a month for my dogs. And on top of it, they were going to raise my rent to 1600 And I was just like, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> Why is it I'm helping them pay for their property, their mortgage? I, I just can't do this anymore. Well, I did everything I could to buy to buy a property, to buy a house. And honestly, I wanted to buy a house. And I had two dogs. Actually, I have three dogs. I had three dogs. So I wanted a house desperately. Well, I could not afford a house, you know, and I just, I tried everything I could. It was just not in the cards. So I had to really take, take heart at, or listen to my heart and just say, if I want to get into this, this uh, homeownership, I'm going to have to downgrade my, my wishes. I ended up finding a little townhouse that had a little patio. And it was a perfect little scenario for me. And the dogs were happy. They had a little space outside. Well, <clears throat> so that's, that, was, that was step number one. Two years later, I sold that townhouse and I made $70,000. You could not possibly make that in the stock. And guess what? I was able to buy my first house. So fast forwarding now to... To 2020, this is my third home I've owned, and I've got well over $300,000 in equity in this home. So if you have the ability to buy, you absolutely must do it. Um, you know, this is just just the best way of life, home ownership. Yeah, definitely. Susan, and I want to add to that, Susan. It's not like you're just jumping off a bridge, right? You have wonderful professionals like yeah. me and Tina who can come up with a custom mortgage solution. One of the first things I'm going to ask you is where is your comfortable monthly payment for a home? Like conservatively, the last thing we want you to do is jump into a house and feel house broke. And we are famous. Yeah. We have an amazing, and, and Tina invented it, Mortgage Triangle Software, amazing software that kicks out some incredible reports that people love where they have specifically a plan that fits them. Then they're laser focused on the house that they get to buy without the fear that if they can or can't afford it. It's a huge step to, to make sure that you got yeah, your ducks in a row. Totally. Um, what, do you, what do you think as far as a person and what they should be looking at when they're making the decision about buying a home, Susan? Well, there's, there's a lot of great reasons people should really can, you know, look at when they're considering whether they should buy or rent. Um, and they really need to take each question to heart. So I, I do have five reasons why you should buy a home. <laughs> so number one would be, you know, creative license, right? So you can go into a house, you can take down, you can paint, you can put pictures up. If there's a, not a load-bearing wall, you can remove walls. You can do what you want with your house. You own it. This is your place. So that would be number one. And number two, of course, my favorite is probably the pets. I can have lizards and dogs and cats, and I can have even a chicken or two if I want. No one can tell me what I can have or cannot have. And a lot of people, when you're renting, number one thing, what do landlords say? You can't have dogs or you can't have pets. You know, and it's it's really uh, disheartening. There's not a lot of people out there. So that's a great reason to buy. Uh, number three, there's, and by the way, just I'm not a tax, I'm not a tax specialist. 
So these are questions really you want to go to an accountant about. However, I'm just giving you my experience, okay? Um, tax benefits. So from what I'm aware, uh, mortgage interest is still deductible. Property taxes are still deductible. And when you buy the house, there's closing costs and a, and a portion of the prepaids are still deductible, but check with your accountant and confirm with your accountant. I'm not an accountant. <laughs> so those are all things and great reasons why you should buy a home. Oh, there's one more reason. No more rent increases. So great, that's a great, great reason. And uh, she does have a lizard. She's got a bird-a dragon beard, birdie, and birdie is just the sweetest, sweetest big lizard I've ever seen, and I love her. Um, so Susan, let's talk about those are really great uh, four reasons. What would be the fifth reason that somebody should buy a home? Oh yeah, there is a fifth reason, which is probably the biggest reason for a lot of people, which is the appreciation of your home, your equity, and don't forget it's really a form of fourth savings, right? Because when you're paying your mortgage every month, it's essentially making a deposit to your own your own savings. As you're investing in your home, you're paying down your principal while you're paying down your principal and your appreciation is going up in value. You know, and that's that's building equity. So it's a fourth savings. So that is the fifth reason and I guess I would say that's probably the best reason. And that's how that's how you have over three hundred thousand dollars of equity in your home right that's now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love that. A couple more homes, and I'll have no more mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love that. Debt free. So uh, let's talk about this, Susan. Some people might tell you that their rent is cheaper than a mortgage and they don't have to do, or, and they don't have to do repairs on their home. I just live there and I don't have to do anything. What do you tell those people? Yeah, well, on the, on the paper, I suppose it does look like it's cheaper. However, we really need to look at the numbers, the big picture to really, and again, so another disclaimer, I'm not a mortgage broker. These are going to be questions for Tina, right? So if somebody has wants confirmation, they need to talk to Tina. But I'm, again, you know, this is my experience, right? So let's say you are currently renting a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, right? So, and let's say you're paying 2500 By the way, I'm a property manager, so these numbers are pretty good. They're pretty accurate. <laughs> so... Let's pretend you want to look to buy a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, and it's a $400,000 house. Okay, so your initial cost to rent that house is going to be, you know, the down payment of $2,500 times two, so $5,000, versus buying, which, yes, you have to do your down payment, you have to do your closing costs, so let's pretend it's $96,000. Um your monthly costs for the mortgage over 30 years would be 700, and, and I've got these numbers written down, so forgive me for looking down constantly. Uh, $769,502 would be your amount paid for your 30-year mortgage. But catch this. If you rent at $2,500 for 30 years, you're paying $1.233 million two hundred and forty one thousand dollars 
So think about yeah. this. Your lost opportunity is $759,630 over 30 years. So that is really sad. Even if you did what I do and you sell your home three times and you have closing costs of 40 grand, you still literally, um, you're still ahead. And literally your home ownership costs for 30 years would be averaged out to about 23.48 versus renting, which guess what that is? It turns out to be $5,535. So definitely renting is not the way to go. Yeah, and if you, Keelan, talked about the rent versus buy he's going through with some of his clients right now, which is so powerful because, and what people don't think about as well is rents continue to go up. When you have a mortgage payment, if you're on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, your mortgage is fixed. Outside of taxes and insurance, taxes are going to go up when values go up. Taxes will go down when your value drops. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, you have a fixed rate mortgage and a fixed payment where rent, rents are continuing to go up. And then there's no payment end in sight. You just talked about you're really visualizing and seeing the reality that you're going to be mortgage-free at some point in time. Whereas renters, they never can see that. Instead, they see in the future their rent's going to continue to go up. Talk about emotional stress attached to the roof that you have over your head for your family, uh, your kids, and yeah, just a, a really, a really unstable place to be in. So. Uh, love that information, Susan. As we're wrapping up our time here, because uh, we're getting to the end, so that's not counting your taxes and insurance, right? That's just principal and interest that you went over, or the ITI. Is, no, that in, no, that includes uh, principal and insurance, maintenance, utilities, taxes. I, Perfect. I did it. I put it all in. I mean, we. I even pulled a number for maintenance, five percent towards maintenance. Wow. Yeah, it's it's powerful when you look at, you know, when you look at these numbers to really see. So we're as we're wrapping up our time here, uh, Susan, just a, a shout out you like to give to our listeners. Well, yeah, you've got to call Tina Mitchell. <laughs> or Ke or Keelan. Or Keelan. So there's my shout out. I I use Tina personally for my own mortgage. So yes, I, I highly recommend her. That's the best referral you can get is someone that has experience with the mortgage broker, right? Well, that's awesome. It's our show and we invited you in as a guest and you gave us a shout out. That <laughs> shout out was supposed to be you right back at you. If you're looking for an amazing realtor in our local market, uh, if you're looking for an amazing realtor in our local market that really does have passion, works so hard at what she does, put so much attention and care into each one of her clients, uh, call the show, we'll get you connected uh, with Susan. Susan, thank you so much for being here today. You're it's a welcome. pleasure to spend this time with you. You're welcome. And coming up on Next in the Money Hour, Care Opportunities for Seniors, T-Bay, T-Bay, T-B, Bodicon of A1 Senior Care Advisors right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Ensuring the comfort of our beloved seniors in our absence is paramount for most families. But with a host of care providers offering different levels of services, finding the right caretaker for your loved one can be a time-consuming task that could take days or even weeks. A1 Senior Care Advisors provides a free one-on-one -on -one service where they help you find the right care facility for your loved one. Their process is simple. They meet with the senior in need of care and your family in person to 
discuss your requirements. Then they perform a detailed assessment to discover your needs, a process that includes understanding your particular care needs, understanding your financial situation, and location choices, identifying the best and most appropriate care facilities in the selected area, and connecting the family members with those care providers personally. They know that senior care is a sensitive topic that requires someone trustworthy to hold your hand through this confusing process. At A1 Senior Care Advisors, they ensure just that. Call 425-324-5592 or visit a1seniorcareadvisors.com. Again, it's a free service. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You're listening to The Money Hour at 1130 AM KKNW, the Friday, September 25th virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually. However, you can also catch us on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market, everything regarding your money. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint. And in studio right now, first time, we're always excited to have a first-time guest on the show, TB Bodokan of A1 Senior Care Advisors. Today, we're talking about care options for seniors right here at 1150 AM KKNW. TB, welcome to the show. Hello, Tina. Hello, Kilan. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's just going to be fun listening uh, to you a little bit more. Love your uh, accent as well. And a little bit about uh, TB. With over 20 years' experience in senior living and healthcare, TB is one person you need to know when looking for assisted living, dementia, Alzheimer's care, adult family homes, and everything else related to senior care. He is described by others in the industry as experienced, trustworthy, personal, and professional. TB's experience will help you and your family navigate the, and, and understand the complexity of senior care and the industry in your community. He will just make it easy for you. TB, I'm so excited to have you here and how pertinent to what we're going through right now with COVID um, because COVID has definitely affected our seniors the most. And you were talking in your pre-show about, unfortunately, my grandparents have passed, but I can only imagine, because my grandpa was in assisted facilities, um, I can only imagine not even being able to go in there and say anything to them, how hard that has to be for our seniors. So good on you for everything that you're doing to make an impact on our seniors, and uh, it's really an honor to have you on the show. Um, let's, let's dive into care options that are available for seniors in our community at this point. Well, there are different uh, levels and different settings uh, for care. And I would say, just to, just to mention a few, um, independent living, assisted living, dementia, all, Alzheimer's care facilities, and they're called also memory care, and um, hospice care. There is a variety of facilities and settings that uh, would be appropriate for seniors, depending on their needs. Yeah, and I talked about my uh, mother going into senior care, and she started out in the section of the home where she needed extra care, and she actually transitioned and moved into the area that didn't need it, which is which was really surprising to see. You can go into a home needing more care, 
and end up being, being able to move. So it just showed that it's, it's really a great place for them to be. So TB, it sounds like there are several options for senior care, and I'm sure each one of them is a little bit different from the other one. Let's start out with the independent living, and what is independent living? Independent living is an excellent choice for those who are independent, meaning that they don't need any care. Uh, help with daily activities, they still drive. It's just that they want to change their living environment. And moving from their own home into an independent living, they don't have to deal with the yard work, with uh, grocery shopping, with uh, housekeeping, uh, laundry, and any other chores that uh, living at home would require. So they move into a beautiful community, independent living community, where they have a chef cooking for them three meals a day. Uh, they have a beautiful apartment. It could be a studio, one bedroom, two, be two bedroom apartment, even a penthouse if that's what they, they choose. Um, basically, they're changing that they're not only the settings for living, but their lifestyle as well. They will have an activity director that their only job, full-time job is to provide and offer uh, those residents there, uh, the ultimate lifestyle. Uh, and that means going to the symphony, going to Mount Vernon and see the tulips, uh, take a scenic uh, drive, go to dinners. Uh, there's a lot of entertainment coming in like jazz bands and um, opera and the variety of uh, entertainment options. So for those who still uh, enjoy their independence, uh, and they want to have upgrade their lifestyle, I would say, uh, then maybe moving from their home into an independent living community could be a great option. Well, when I'm old enough, I'm doing independent living because I want all of that stuff and I don't want to do any of it on my own. I want people to help take care of me. So love. Of course. <laughs> I can help you what about that. assisted living? Explain the difference with assisted living. Well, assisted living, it's a different setting, you know, and there are many companies out there, many facilities that they have different licensing. And within the same building, they're licensed for independent living and they're licensed for assisted living as well. Some of those um, facilities, they have a memory care, meaning a dementia and Alzheimer's care facility on site as well. So assisted livings, um, it's basically appropriate for someone who needs care. And that could be anywhere between just medication, help with medication administration, with dressing, undressing, with showers, reminders, uh, redirecting cues, things like that. And an assisted living, you see all of the assisted livings out there, they are called assisted livings, but each one of them is licensed differently. And depending on the licensing they have, they can or they cannot provide certain services. So people, families who are looking for an assisted living, um, it should not just look into the name itself, but ask questions about, you know, what is the highest level of care that particular community can provide? They can provide up to one person assistance, two person assistance, what happens if someone is not able, a resident is not able to bear eight on their feet any longer? Is that facility able to provide a two-person transfer? So when it comes down to those technical license limitations, 
and the facility gets to the point where they're not able to provide certain services, there are basically two options. One is the family, they have to hire a private caregiver that they have to pay on top of what they're paying the facility, or they have to move to another facility that it is licensed and able to provide uh, the care needs that that particular person requires. Yes, yeah. And uh, in my mom's uh, tra um, uh, assistant living, you know, there's music therapy, there's all kinds of beautiful things. So TB, the content, uh, concept of adult family home uh, sounds intriguing. What is an adult family home? Adult family home, it is, I would say, the ideal setting for those that they need a higher level of care. It's basically how I describe an adult family home, there are two categories. Aesthetically looking, looking as a building, you know, there are the regular homes that are just like mine and yours, Tina and Kaylan, that they've been remodeled and they've been licensed to become a business to be an adult family home. The other category would be those that they were built from the ground up to be a business, to be an adult family homes. The second category, it has the tendency to be bigger larger, you know, more square footage, the, the rooms are bigger. Most likely every room has a private bathroom, most likely with a private shower as well. The common areas, the dining room, um, high ceilings, you know, so everything it seems to be bigger in, in this second category. Now, the maximum cap capacity in an adult family home, there is no more than six residents. So this is the maximum capacity. I would say that for the people, the elderly that require a higher level of care, it is a it is a really good environment because in this environment where they're, they're able to receive the a lot of one-on-one -on -one care, a lot of one-on-one -on -one supervision, everything is just a few steps away from their room, is the common area, the dining room, the, the patio. Uh, so it's much easier to navigate. It works very well for those who have memory impairments like dementia or Alzheimer's on different level. Um, you know, the, the staffing is much smaller. Uh, in, in most cases, there is a couple, husband and wife, that uh, they own the business, they are the primary care providers and they live on the premises as, as well. So they also hire one or two caregivers to help out. So all of a sudden you get a staff to resident ratio that basically you cannot get into any other um, care facility, you get four staff members per six residents. And that is really, really good ratio. TB, I hate to say this, we're already out of, out of time, unfortunately. We went a little bit long with Susan, but that's okay because we're gonna have you back on the show and I really wanna hear all the rest of the details because this is such an, such an important subject. Um, could you really quick just leave a way for people to contact you and then unfortunately we got to wrap up. Yes, no problem, Kilan. It would be lovely to be in your show again. Uh, visit my website, which is a1seniorcareadvisors.com. Uh, our direct line, phone line is 425-324-5592. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I will do my best to be available weekdays, evenings, and weekends, anytime you need me. Um, please give me a call. Our services are free. So it doesn't matter what we do for you, for your family, for your loved one, it's going to be at no cost to you. 
Well, TB, thank you so much uh, for being here. And yes, definitely look forward to having you coming back on the show. Uh, so thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Elon Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts, and we're signing off for today. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We look forward to talking more money with you next weekend, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.